In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you want for Christmas? Have you heard that question yet this year? Have you asked that question or been asked that question? I have. As much as I want to step out of the commercial Christmas scene, I am quite preoccupied these days with what to get people, especially my teenage and young adult children, whose wants grow more mysterious to me every year. And so as I've been casting about for ideas desperately, I've come up with a few things that I want for myself, too. It's funny how that works. Things that I had never even thought about six months ago now are urgently essential for me. The next thing you know, what started as a fun activity, that is, thinking about people I love and how I might bring joy to them. Suddenly, that has become a daunting, stressful list of to-dos and must-haves and must-get-just-rights. Of course, we all know that this is not what Christmas or Advent is about. But there is something to it, isn't there? There is something real buried beneath all the wish lists and commercials and holiday decorations. And I believe it's this. Advent is a season of longing. Advent is a season of wanting. Many of us want presents, of course, and good food, but we also long for family and friends. We long for those whom we have lost. We long for home and warmth and beauty. And this is a season when we are so assured of Christ's coming, we even have a date on which we will celebrate Christ's coming. We are so assured that we have the courage to wake up to our hopes and our hungers. We have the courage to wake up to our deepest desires. Our consumer culture naturally offers to feed these hungers in some, shall we say, less than healthy ways. And it promises that we can satisfy all these desires, all these longings ourselves if we just buy or do or plan the right things. And so we try to fill ourselves up this time of the year. We try to create the joy we seek. And we often end up spending more more money, more time, more energy than we have. It's no wonder, then, that the Christian tradition warns us to be suspicious of our wanting and our desiring. 
after all. Wasn't it Adam and Eve's desire? Wasn't it their longing that got them and all of us into trouble in the Garden of Eden? At least, that's how that story is often interpreted, much to my dismay, if you ask me. But that's another sermon. For today, for today, we recognize that That aside, longing is still. Longing is also at the very center of Advent and of so many of the readings and songs we hear at this time. This season and its promises speak to and draw out our real hungers. We hunger for peace. We hunger for justice. We hunger for light and love and joy and transcendence. We hunger for God with us. Take our reading from Isaiah. It's an oracle of consolation for a people living in exile, under the dominion of a foreign power, in a hot and dry and thirsty desert. The Lord is coming, Isaiah proclaims. The Lord is coming to save you and to set things right. The desert will rejoice and blossom, and the thirsty ground will become streams of water. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will leap like deer, and the speechless will sing for joy. And there will be a holy highway for God's people, which will return the exiled people to joy and to their God and to their home. And God's glory will be revealed. Did all the Israelites, did all the exiles live to see this vision fully realized? Will we? I doubt it, at least not in its fullness, though we do catch glimpses of its fulfillment all the time. Jesus says as much in our gospel today, lest you doubt that. But still... Still, the vision is real, and it matters. It names the longings of this exiled people, and it calls them to hope and to prepare for the Messiah's coming and to live even now in the world they want, with God as their true king and judge and redeemer. Likewise, this vision in Isaiah and all of our visions from God of what can be, they are real and they matter. They shape our longing and guide our living. They embolden us to dream. 
And they teach us what to long for. They help us distinguish between superficial, selfish wants and Christian hope. Hope. In this way, God works through our longings. God guides us through our longings, our most honest and most vulnerable longings. Because our most honest and deepest longings are vulnerable, and they do make us vulnerable to disappointment. Artist Jan Richardson, she suggests that our deepest hungers may actually be maps, spiritual maps, by which God leads us back to our deepest selves and reminds us who we are and who we are called to be. Through our longings, God also leads us out. God leads us out beyond comfort and complacency and despair, beyond the limitations that we imagine, which can numb and paralyze us. Through our longings, God leads us out to see and meet the longings of the world. That is the paradox of longing. That's what Jan Richardson calls it. And she says that the paradox of longing is that following our true longings leads us ultimately beyond ourselves. That pursuing the desires of our hearts and souls leads us beyond superficial impulses, beyond grasping, beyond fear of what will happen if we follow our yearnings. Through our yearnings, God leads us out and God leads us back to God. We keep longing and expecting and waiting for God. And when we follow that longing for God, it takes us right into the heart of God, who is the only one who can satisfy those deep hungers. And that's good news. That's good news, my friends, because God does meet us in our longing. That's the story of Christmas, isn't it? That's the story of Christmas. As the beloved hymn goes, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And that's the promise of Christmas, too, that the hopes and fears of all the years will be met in Christ again and again and again. That's the story of Holy Communion also. That moment when we come forward with our hopes and fears, our emptiness, our longing, our hunger bared. The time when we come forth with open hands and we are met in Christ 
and we are fed and filled by Christ. So let us reclaim that question, what do you want for Christmas? That question belongs to us Christians also. And when we hear it, when we think about what we really want, let us listen for the true Christ-shaped longing beneath that question. And let us follow that longing home to our true selves, our true calling, the true God who is waiting for us and who longs for us also. Amen.